Welcome back to Be Still and Know, a devotional podcast for New Covenant Lutheran Church. We've been reading through this devotional for two full months now, and I'm really enjoying the way that I've been able to take the reading each day, let it marinate, and see what God does with it. So many of the teachings from each reading have popped up for me either that day or in the days surrounding it, and it's been kind of neat to then be able to call back to the teaching and dial in to try and understand what God's showing me in that moment. I hope that you're finding real-life application for some of what we're reading too, and I'd really love to hear about it. All right, so this week started with a story of the school counsellor and his open-door policy, which encouraged the students to bring him suggestions for the school, but also to share their concerns with him. It sounded like the counsellor had done a great job of gaining their trust and confidence. Of course, the parallel then is that God is our trusted advisor, one that we can share our ideas and concerns with. I find it interesting how this open-door policy plays out in the real world, specifically in corporate America. Many large companies advertise how they're a great place to work and how the leadership has an open-door policy for the staff to come to them, to go direct with ideas, concerns, frustrations, and so on. The real truth, though, is that for most places, the open door will sometimes hit you as it swings shut. As adults, we're jaded by these experiences, and many can find it hard to then truly open up to God with their hopes and ideas and concerns. He doesn't want that. He wants us to be open with him and bring our anxieties and creative thoughts to him. In Isaiah 9 verse 6 it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This chapter in the Old Testament then gets darker and goes on to describe how the armies of the Lord will make way for the chosen people, which probably isn't how your typical guidance counselor would approach conflict resolution, but it worked for God. As we continue looking into scripture for the word counselor, or a description of a counselor, there are a number of references. We can read James 3 verse 17, which says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. I think this description sounds just like a guidance counselor. It also has that New Testament, there's hope in Jesus feel to it instead of the wrath of God feel that you get from the Old Testament. To be honest though, when I think about God in this way, as a counsellor for us, I want him to be a little bit of both the Old and New Testaments. I want him to be warm and understanding when I come to him with anxieties and concerns, but I also want him to light a fire in me to do what's right, in the same way he took out cities and paved the way for his followers for all those years before Jesus came to save us. 
It makes me wonder how much we'd be able to achieve if we went to God and used the authority that He's already placed in us to do what's right in our lives. Achieving and doing things in our lives was the focus of Tuesday's text as well. We read about the blood, sweat, and tears that an Olympic athlete puts into their training to try and get that gold medal. And then the devotional asked about mountains that we might be facing in our lives and needing to put our all into. The biblical reference in the devotional was Moses, who we talked about a little bit last week, and then how his strength through everything was God. As I prayed on this devotional, you'll be surprised or maybe not surprised, that I had a slightly different take on where God wants us to focus here. Before we get there, I want to share quickly, because I had one of those interesting God-pointing-things-out little moments on Tuesday. So I receive a Bible verse daily in my email, and sometimes I open it, and other times it becomes part of the mass delete-all-unread, and I don't see it at all. Something told me, though, to open that email on Tuesday, and the verse fits so well with this message that I wanted to share it with you too. It's from Habakkuk 3, verse 19, and it says, The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. I love those little moments when things are connected like that. Anyway, Back to the point that I was making on the devotional text. So to me, the way it reads is talking about leaning on the strength of God to work through the big and small in our lives. But there is more to it. In Genesis 2 verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and take care of it. Right there in the beginning of the world, God Put man there to work. In Galatians 6 verses 4 and 5, it says, Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. As I read these verses and others like them, I feel convicted to share that we're not to lean on God alone for our strength. Sure, he is always going to help us along the way. But the Bible, in the verses I just shared and many others, is telling us to work. Hard work and dedication, with a side helping of God's strength, is how we should be approaching life. And not just when we have an Olympic-sized trial in front of us either. Each day, whatever that day holds, deserves as much effort as the one before it and the one after it. And I'm not just talking about our work, our jobs or careers either. I'm talking about life. We, and those closest to us, deserve the best version of us every single day. This is something I clearly feel passionately about. I have felt called for as long as I can remember to give the best of myself in all endeavors. Do I always follow through with that in the best way possible? Of course not. I'm only human. But 
Hard work and dedication have been an important guiding force in my day-to-day life since I was a child. Being a dancer, which I was professionally until my late 20s, takes discipline, daily discipline, and going full out in everything. And that's just something that's kind of translated into all areas of my life. Does it sometimes make me a bit extra? More than likely. You'd have to ask my family and friends that question. But the point that I want to close on for this specific devotional text is that yes, while God alone can carry us through everything, should we be asking him to? On Wednesday, we read the seventh verse from Colossians chapter 2. It read, Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. The devotional drew a parallel to the three little pigs and how perhaps the first two pigs had laughed at their brother for how long it took to build his house of bricks. But I bet on the day the wolf came, they were super glad for his house that could withstand all the huffing and puffing. Building a foundation with Christ takes time, and it takes effort. Each brick needs the right amount of cement on top of it so that the next brick sits properly and securely. They need to be straight and in line with each other. Yeah, I'm still talking about our foundational relationship with Jesus. Just go with me on this. This one hit me square between the eyes. I have, for many years, felt inferior to others in the church family because my relationship with Christ only really started about 10 years or so ago. I've often been intimidated by others and even felt like a fake because I saw them as knowing more about the Bible than me and having a deeper relationship with Jesus than I did. And I question myself, who am I to lead a children's choir or VBS or any other church program? John 1 verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It doesn't say those who received him first are stronger, better or smarter. It just says those who received him. I've spent the last 10 years building that foundational relationship, getting to know Jesus brick by brick to have a firm base that I can stand on and feel secure. I share this today because after a year of watching from the inside as a member of our church's leadership team, what has happened to the human foundation of the church, and this isn't just our church, but the church in general, After watching what's happened to that human foundation this year, I feel like there are some cracks. Cracks that run deep into the foundation that need to be fixed before it crumbles. Christians around the country need to do a foundation check. How deep are our roots with Christ? How strong does the brick look? And does it need some extra cement? I prayed that for each of you listening, that you have a relationship with Christ that has a firm foundation. 
no matter when you started building it. On Thursday this week, we moved from thinking about our foundation to thinking about the support beams. All structures, of course, need support beams in order to hold them up and stay standing. In the devotional, we read about when support beams are compromised and eventually fail, and the parallel was drawn to the people in our lives that we lean and depend on. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Some translations of the text switch out the word depend with the word lean as well. The rest of this chapter in Proverbs is a gentle reminder of the commandments and how we should be following them in our lives. I have a couple of thoughts on the devotional message that I'd like to touch on. The first is the obvious. And it's been a constant running through each episode of this podcast. God is there for us. He's got our back and he wants that relationship with us. So many of these devotionals have reminded us of that. He is trying to whittle away at our potentially hardened exterior and get us to see that we can go to him for everything. He wants to help and wants to play a role in our lives. John 15, verse 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. And all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. He's called us friends for a long time now. And of course, we know that friends are some of the people you lean on. This brings me to the other thought I had after reading the devotional. I believe that each of us has been placed in accordance with God's master plan. He has a design for all of our lives, and the people in our lives are no accident. I want us to take in those around us. Looking at perhaps all the people in a different light than we do usually. If each of us is placed in one another's lives for a specific reason, perhaps the design is that we each share the load. If we're leaning on each other for certain things, but never putting too much pressure on one person, then the support beams in our lives never fail. I've said it already in this episode. While God is always there for us and wants us to lean on him, I don't think any parent wants their children to be going to them and expecting them to take care of everything all the time. I, as a parent myself, want to see my children learning to be independent, to think for themselves, but to do it all with the confidence and security that I, as their parent, will always be there when they need a helping hand. On Friday this week, we read about prayer. Not just any prayer, but Paul's prayer from Ephesians. This prayer is for all of us, for you and for me, but also for those who don't know Jesus yet. For he prays that God empowers us through his unlimited resources to make a place for Christ in our hearts. And I think that part of that is for people who don't have Christ in their hearts yet. 
This sticks out to me, and I can only assume it's because of the millions of people who don't know Jesus. I heard recently that it is only a very small percent of people in Arizona who are members of a church, or even believers in Christ. And while I forget the actual percentage, I do remember that it was very, very low. There are so many people just in this state who need to know Jesus, who have perhaps never heard about how awesome he is. This prayer from Paul is for them. But it's also for us too. Verses 17 and 18 say, Your roots roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. We've talked about roots growing and the relationship with Jesus getting stronger a few times already in this series. But most recently, just a few minutes ago, Prayer is the way that we build our relationship with God. Paul knew that we'd need to come back to prayer on a regular basis because, as he shares at the beginning of chapter 3 in Ephesians, Christ has revealed the full works of his plan to Paul. He says in verse 3, As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. Paul had the full scope of the plan for our lives Back then, he told people to pray. Pray for yourselves and for each other. I think perhaps if we are, if it were a more modern prayer from this century, he might have added, Because you're going to need it. Pray for each other because you're going to need it. Prayer is how we have an ongoing two-way relationship with Christ. We're told so many times in the Bible to come to him in prayer. John 15 verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We're also cautioned on prayer too. In James 4 verse 3 we're told, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. I think the relationship with Christ is not supposed to be a one-way street. I've said that before. Yes, he has infinite power and ability to make everything perfect. But that's not the point. We're told to pray, but we're also told to repent. He didn't die so that we could go do whatever we please and still get to heaven. He died so that we wouldn't have to suffer so that we'd have a second chance to do the right thing. Prayer and listening for the advice and answers that come from that prayer is what I think we ought to be doing. Because when a prayer is answered, very often it's not answered in the way that we'd have thought. We have to really listen and understand that answer. I'm traveling a little off the point of the devotional here, But I think this message is important as it ties to how I've been led through this series so far. Prayer is an important piece of our relationship with Christ. It's how we talk to him. But not to ask for things for ourselves. Sure, that's a part of it. But 
when we need healing, perhaps, or help getting over a hurdle, for example. But I think the bigger part of it is just to talk to him, to get to know him and allow that relationship to grow and grow. The same way that we talk to our spouse. It's not like you get married and then stop growing your relationship. My husband and I lean My husband and I learn, rather, more and more about each other all the time. In the same way that prayer and abiding allow us to learn more about Christ. On Saturday this past week, we read about being uncomfortable, specifically calling out the discomfort that comes along with loss of any kind. In Romans 8 verse 18, Paul says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. The message in the devotional was a great one. A two-pronged message that I want to dive into just a little bit. In one breath, we read about bringing the feelings of loss to God. Whether it's loss of a pet, a job, a relationship, or a loved one. He is there to comfort us in those times. It's a nice reminder that no matter what type of loss we're facing, we can bring that grief to God and ask him for comfort. I've shared a number of times, even in the last couple of weeks, about how God wants us to come to him. He wants us to bring our concerns, needs, and grief to him. And that message is demonstrated here too. The other piece of this that I'm feeling called to explore further is the lesson on taking this compassion and comfort that we receive from God and then turning around and putting it back out into the world. I think many of us recognize that in every experience we have, there's a lesson to be learned and an opportunity to then grow from that experience. But then how many of us take that that we're learning and take that growth experience and share it beyond our own four walls. I'd like to think that we do, but I also recognize that we could do better at this. Imagine if, as the human race, we showed each other the same compassion that we're shown by Christ. I think it would make a pretty big difference in the news cycles for sure. In line with this message on compassion and As we're venturing into the hottest part of the year in the Arizona desert, I thought this verse from Isaiah was quite fitting to go along with the message from Saturday. It says, They will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat down on them. He who has compassion on them will guide them and lead them beside springs of water. We rounded out this past week with a nice reminder on Sunday. A reminder to take care of each other, especially those in need. This message takes us a step further than what we read about on Saturday. We went from being compassionate to physically acting on that compassion and helping those who are in need. When we turn to scripture... There are many verses about helping the needy and doing good for others. In Galatians 6, which I read already and quoted in this episode, Paul writes in verse 2 that we should share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. 
He then, in verse 10, goes on to say, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. As I read the devotional and then some scripture to explore this message surrounding helping others more, an interesting thought came to mind that, surprise, surprise, I wanted to explore quickly with all of you. It's one thing to remind ourselves to be aware of and help the people who are most in need. That is very important, and I'm glad that the devotional pointed that out. However, the thought that occurred to me was this. What about the other types of needy people? The way I see it, there are two other types of people. Those who are in need, but their need is not visible, easily able to see. And then those who don't even know they have a need. They're just struggling along without knowing that there is a specific need that, if it were taken away, would make a huge impact on their lives. So then the challenge that we're faced with is, how do we help these people? How can we make a difference in their lives when we can't physically see what their need even is? I don't have the answer to this, but I do have a thought. I believe that it comes down to listening to God. He will let us know when people are needing help. Not usually in an obvious way, but if we're really paying attention, he will bring people to our hearts and to the forefront of our mind when we're praying. After that, it's our role to do the legwork and help those people to figure out what they need and how to get it. Spoiler alert, I have a pretty strong feeling that in many of these cases, what these people need is more than likely Jesus. It's just a hunch. So this brings us to the end of our devotional podcast for the week. Some closing thoughts for you as you go on with the rest of your day. First, how is your relationship with Jesus? How's your foundation and how are you bricks? And then how are you utilizing prayer to grow that relationship and strengthen that foundation? And second, are you showing compassion and helping those in need? Even people who perhaps don't even realize they have a need. I hope that this week is a good one for everyone. Thank you for listening. Amen.